0: Welcome to Short Course, episode 45, for January 18th, 2019. I'm your host, Ben Barry. This is the first time I'm sitting down to record an episode like this in about six weeks, and as I've been taking this off-season from the podcast, I've also been taking my off-season from shooting, which has been good. It's given me time to catch up on some other things, spend some time with family, particularly around Christmas and New Year's and just generally take a break and and catch up on all the other things in life. Catch up on work, catch up on tasks around the house, and just in general not try and spend too much time shooting when really it's both schedule-wise and weather-wise not very conducive. I do have it on my brain already that the South Carolina section match is coming up in two and a half months. It's so it's the middle of January right now. South Carolina section is actually going to be the last weekend in March. So it's coming up pretty quick. And so I'm trying to practice as much as is practicable. So two weeks ago I was able to get out to the range for my first live fire session of the year, which I think went pretty well. And then the weekend after that, the day that I could go to the range, one day it was going to be raining and the other day it was a high of 40 and cloudy at the range. I did actually go um, more just to see how bad it could be, and it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. I, I definitely learned some things about practicing in the cold, but in terms of actually having a productive practice session for its own sake, I, I can't really say that it was it was a big success. But I'm glad I went. One of my goals for this year, and we'll get to, to more of them later, but one of my goals for this year is just to have the confidence that I've done everything I can, not break my back and try and go crazy, but within reason that every opportunity that I had to practice, I've taken it and I've, I've tried to capitalize within the limit of my level of participation. And so on that weekend, I was free. I did have the opportunity to go practice and I thought I would kick myself more if I stayed home just because I was afraid of the weather. At least if I go and have the bad session or have, have a not great practice session because it's cold, at least I tried at least I did everything I could and got as much out of it as I could and learned some things. So maybe later in the spring or late winter, I'll have the opportunity to go out and practice when it's a little bit warmer, not quite as cold, but I'll also be better prepared from having gone out when it was cold. So that was my attitude going into that. And I think in that lens, that cold 40 degree practice session was, was a success. And so that's that, that, to me, is setting off the season with a, with a good start. It's definitely interesting coming off the off season how I'm finding that, on the one hand, I definitely have not lost as much muscle memory as I was expecting, but on the other hand, there are certain things that I'm trying to sort of rewrite or change, and I've known this since last year, and sort of coming into the, into the season this year, these have been my goals, and so it's, it's actually a little bit easier to rewrite those things when those memories, those pathways, however you want to kind of look at it, are uh, are a little bit more dusty. And so that's been an interesting benefit of, of taking the offseason. And you also just, when you come back, you just feel things different. It's it's not as routine. It's not as rote. And so I'm noticing little nuances that, uh, th- that I just didn't before. And so that's a good thing. I think it was successful. Still not in the full swing of practice, just because scheduling conflicts and that sort of thing are, are keeping me from really hitting it hard, but I do sort of have it in the back of my mind. I've got the the countdown clock on my cell phone to the, the South Carolina match at the end of March, and so I'm already starting to to build in the, the idea that this match is coming, and, and I should prepare for it at every opportunity, and we'll get into that more a little bit later. So I did want to go back on this, the first episode of 2019, and talk about goals, which I talked about in episode one, which is the first episode of 2018. And I I think that was a a good thing. And I think the 2018 episode actually holds up quite well. I think there are some pretty interesting things in there, especially if you've never set goals before. Uh, I tell the story about trying to, when I set my goal to make GM in 2016 that I didn't make. And I'm not going to retell that story here because it's already there. If you want to hear that story, go back and listen to episode one. But there, there was one bit of it as I was re-listening to it in preparation for this episode that I thought was uh, – well, it surprised even myself. I'd kind of forgotten that I'd said it and I thought that it was it was an interesting point, which is that most people end up on a plateau because they're practicing or whatever they're doing to improve is, is causing them to get better at a – slope that eventually catches up to the diminishing returns curve. And so when your practice is only getting you so much better and you're at a spot on the diminishing returns curve where you're just not moving up it very much, then you have to change your practice. And the way I said it in the podcast was if you want to keep getting better at something as you progress up the diminishing returns curve, the only way that you can continue making progress is if your practice keeps getting more efficient. And I think that's a good kind of Message for myself going into this year is that it's not necessarily about the goal is to get better in some vague sense, but the sort of ticky tacky day to day goal is to make practice more efficient, make each session a little bit better than the last, make learn a little bit more from each one, make each one a little bit more productive. And so, as long as you keep making your practice more and more efficient, you keep learning more and more from each match, whether that's getting a new camera or getting a a third person camera because you've got your GoPro that you've been recording matches on so you can get more feedback out of each match you shoot, finding finding some way to get more out of everything you do, that's how you keep getting better. And, and you keep basically trying to keep outpacing this, this diminishing returns curve that we're all climbing pretty rapidly as, as we get better in the sport. But the rest of that I'll, I'll leave to episode one. I did just want to briefly review the high-level ideas about goals and and. Talk about the ways that my thinking on goals have changed in the last year. So, upfront, sort of, I think this is pretty accepted wisdom at this point. There are certain types of goals that are not particularly good goals. So, things like match percentage or match finish saying I want to take first at this match or I want to be top 10 at this match because you just don't have enough control over that you you don't know who's going to show up on that day it may be that everybody else gets sick or gets a flat tire and you have a really crappy match and you stumble into first and then you're in the really awkward position of having achieved your goal and yet it doesn't boost your self-confidence it only gives you more self-doubt because you know you didn't really earn it and so achieving a goal like that can actually be counterproductive even if you do achieve it And in a lot of cases then if you don't achieve it, it's not really because you didn't do the right thing. It's just the stars aligned against you. So that kind of goal isn't isn't particularly good. Also, just because you don't have the ability to measure progress as you're moving towards it. You work up to the match, and then it happens, and anything that you learn from it, you can't really apply until the next big match that you go to, which might be months away. So it's it's tough to measure progress in that way. I still stick more or less with what I advised last year, which is the idea of having goals based more on process and based on frequency. So setting the goal to dry fire a certain number of times a week and live fire a certain number of times a month. And that way you can flex around it. So if you're dry fire, if you're trying to dry fire three times a week and you have something on Monday and Tuesday, then you know that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you got to knock it out because you're up against the... The, the clock for the rest of the week. Or you can get ahead if you manage to sneak in a fourth dry fire session, then then that is good for the self-image because you are actually not only meeting but exceeding your goal, that kind of thing. The things that I think I've got a little bit more nuance on in the last year, the first is that I think one of the things to really avoid in a goal is you want to avoid goals that add pressure. Because Maybe maybe other people work differently, but I just I don't particularly find pressure very motivating. I I think back to 2016 as the year went on and the year got shorter, and I felt the pressure building, and my performance got successively worse. the The pressure was not conducive to a good performance. It wasn't motivating at all. It was just demotivating every time I came close and then failed, and close and then failed. And so I think. A goal that as time goes on, you feel more and more pressure, that's a sign that it's not a good goal. What is a good goal? Well, it's, it's still hard to, to define. Honestly, I, I don't really have the, the formula written. But I can say, in general, goals that add confidence or add to your self-image, so things like practicing regularly, building the idea of yourself as someone who practices regularly, that's a good thing. I think it's good to have a goal that's a sort of light at the end of the tunnel. So, for example, that's what the South Carolina section is for me right now. It's, it's the sort of focal point towards which all of my practice and thought is aimed right now. I'm not really thinking too far beyond that, that match. And the nice thing about that is it gives me a sort of short time horizon to work within. I'm only planning out the next 11 weeks of my practice schedule. I'm not trying to plan out the whole year, which is nice in general i think that, that goals that are sort of pass fail are not particularly good goals i think it's good to have goals where you can have you either get closer or move further away from them so having a goal based around a drill time and then you can sort of measure progress towards that so whether it's you know or the dots or any any standard drill being able to to measure fluctuation toward and away from that goal as you as you try different things and this is actually one of the reasons that i think more so than ever, classifier percentage is, is actually not that great of a goal to work towards simply because when you go to different matches and they set up different classifiers, you're not really they're all classifiers, yes, and the hit high hit factors are more fairly adjusted than they once were. There's there's less swing. But they're still not all the same. Some of them still test different skills. You might have been working on draws and reloads and you get to one of the classifiers it's a table start and then you feel unprepared by it and so is your classifier percentage on that you know how do you how do you reckon that into your into your sense of progression whereas i think on the other hand taking certain classifiers and setting them up in practice and then measuring your your time on them and using that as as one of the measuring sticks you measure your progress with i think that's a good idea so classifiers can be useful in that sense but Anytime you have a goal that's based around something that you can't repeat and iterate and measure progress towards or away from, fundamentally it it tends to be a a tough barometer because goals really have, have two purposes. One is to give you a sense of, in your practice, what's working and what's not. So if you go and you do something for a month and you get closer to three or four of your goals, then keep doing that. It's working. Or if you go and do something for a month whether it's a particular type of dry fire or changing something about your gun or trying to have a different focus when you're shooting, any of these things, if you go out and you do it for a month and then you see your your progress towards your goal starting to slip backwards, then that's a sign that what you're doing isn't working and you should go do something else. But if you can if you can give yourself any kind of out, if you can ascribe that slide backwards to anything that isn't your training – then there's always that alibi. There's always that out. And so you can't necessarily rely on that for, for reliable training feedback. And so that's why I think having a goal, if it's going to be something numeric that you're moving towards or away from, it, it needs to be something that, that's in your control fundamentally. And really, at the end of the day, what classifiers, matches, setup isn't necessarily in your control. And the second big function that I've come to see for goals is that it gives you something to focus on. It gives you a default option to allocate Slack resources. Classic example, you have something you th- that you think you have to do on a Saturday, and then it gets canceled, and it would be easy to just feel overwhelmed. Oh, you've got all these things on your to-do list, and also you need to go stock up the fridge, and there's a game on TV that you think you might want to watch, and oh, you've been meaning to catch up on this this stuff for work. But if you've set the goal and you, you give yourself a priority that any time you have spare time, something takes that up. Something is the priority. Something becomes the default choice. It might be shooting. It might be something else. But in this scenario, let's say it's live fire practice, then you you short circuit all that self-doubt and all that analysis paralysis of, oh, I've got all this. I've, I've suddenly got some unallocated time. What do I do with it? If you have goals that are set well, then as soon as you have a little bit of downtime, it's clear. There's no thinking. There's not even 15 minutes trying to decide what to do. You're just like, oh, I've got 30 minutes that I wasn't expecting. All right, let me go put on my belt and dry fire for 30 minutes. And so having, having set that goal and made that commitment, not even necessarily to a particular outcome, not even necessarily to having a, you know, a particular dry fire L prez time, but just saying dry fire L prezes are my focus. Then anytime that you have spare time or capacity or anything like that, then a good goal automatically allocates it to that. And so you have something to do when otherwise that, that time, that extra unallocated resource might just kind of disappear or go nowhere. You know, you might end up sitting on the couch and doing nothing. And so I think that's perhaps the biggest reason that it's very useful to set a goal is when you actually have something that you feel like you're moving towards, when you actually have something a sort of light at the end of the tunnel, that anytime you get a chance, you're making progress towards, it it helps you stay focused. And honestly, this is why I think shooting too many club matches can, can actually be really distracting, is when you're always in this cycle of, oh, I got a club match this weekend. Oh, I got to load ammo. Oh, I got to fix this thing on my gun from the last club match. When you're always in this sort of reactive short-term cycle of either getting ready for the next club match or, or just recovering from the last week's club match, it's hard to really make the time and, and work towards something larger. So I think setting an intermediary-length goal, something like three months out, is a good chunk of time because you can actually plan things out and work in a certain arc during that time without constantly feeling like you're, you're jumping in and out of it and, and going back and forth and, and responding to input and, and not being able to uh, make headway and, and build up a sense of momentum. Because I think that is important in terms of progressing towards a goal as well. So all of this said, I don't really have particularly well-defined goals for 2019 in any meaningful way. Right now, my training horizon is working up to the South Carolina section, which is, like I said, the last weekend in March. And then after that, I've got a big expanse of time between that and then whenever the NC section ends up being this year, presumably in the fall sometime, and then Nationals, which I should have a slot to, which will be the first weekend of November. So there's there's a good piece of time there between the end of March and the first weekend in November. and And certainly making it through that stretch and not burning out in the middle of the summer is is on my mind and something that I'm planning for. But I've kind of set that aside for now. I'm not really worrying about that. I figure I'll sort of take the temperature after South Carolina section, see how I'm feeling, see how my shooting's going. If I need to take a break, maybe I'll take a break then. If I'm feeling good and I get a big confidence boost from that, then it'll be the beginning of April. It'll be after the the daylight savings time changeover. The weather should be turning nice. Maybe I roll that into more momentum. I'm not making that commitment yet, and I don't have to. I'm, I'm just kind of thinking on, on that time scale. And between now and, and the South Carolina section, I am basically just having two main focuses on my training. And this is something a little bit different than, than what I've done in the past, because I think in the past I definitely have tried to fix too many things at once and not really made any progress on, on any of them. And I kind of realized that I was doing this when a couple weeks ago I sat down and, and actually – wanted to write out and plan my first practice session before I went to it and, and plan my priorities, plan what drills I was going to work on and plan my goals. And I, you know, I got this, I got this notepad and I wrote down the the things that I really wanted to work on coming out of last year. And immediately I knew that the top two were grip strength in terms of, you know, recoil control and, and faster, accurate follow-up shots and movement. It, just in the sense of, Getting out of position faster, not sort of having such a slow in and out of position kind of shifting my weight, but just when it's time to go, just starting to move, not winding up as much and all that kind of thing. And so within 10 seconds I'd written those two things down, and then I thought, okay, I need I need more than this. I I gotta I gotta really come up with all the prioritized list of everything I want to work on. And I was like, you know what? No. No, I'm just gonna work on those two things. Yeah, okay, keep keep everything else at a maintenance level. But between now and the end of March, just work on those two things. Have those two focuses. Every practice session I go to, it'll be half one, half the other. And just keep it real simple and just try and make progress on those two things because those are the two biggest things that are dogging me right now. And maybe I'll make progress on them and after March, I won't have to worry about them. Or maybe I'll have a good head of steam and I'll keep working on them because I'm making progress. I, you know, I don't know. And at this point, I'm not making that decision. I'm just, those are going to be the two main focuses. Between now and the end of March, and that simplicity is oddly freeing. Um, it's definitely an experiment. I, I really haven't done anything quite like this before, but I'm looking forward to it. Even even that was honestly that was part of what what got me to go out to that 40 degree practice session last weekend is is I feel like this this sort of sense of reinvigoration of practice is simple. It's straightforward. I'm not feeling like I have to fix everything all at once. I'm just picking two things. That's it. Two things to work on for a couple months and make progress on everything else because you know I mean really when you think about it you can't isolate movement on its own necessarily there are certainly drills that that will isolate it but you're still drawing and reloading and shooting and doing doing all the other basic USPSA tasks and so it's not like my overall shooting is going to suffer because I'm over specializing on this one thing but but that's the goal that's what I'm focusing on and and I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out in the next 3 months and like I said, after that, we'll see. I I have my 2019 more or less planned out. I know kind of the attitude that I'm taking into it, which is, like I said at the top of the show, I'm just trying to do do everything I can. Not go crazy. Not try and go for top 16 at nationals. I'm just, I'll practice as much as I can and try and keep competing at the level I'm at and make a little bit of progress if I can. But I'm not going to I- Ipswich nationals. Um Just because I mean it's a two-day match, I'd have to drive down Monday and then or drive down Friday and drive back Monday for a two-day, sixteen-stage Ipswich match. I just, yeah, I'm 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 kind of over that at this point. I'll be I'll be down in Frostproof for nationals again, but that'll be you know I mean that's nationals, it's it's different. Uh, Decided to pass on Area Six again this year. Again, similar similar motivation. It's just I mean it's it's all the way at the opposite end of the of the area from me, so it's a it's a twelve-hour drive one way. And I mean, last year it was 11 stages, 12 stages, something like that for an area match, which I mean, I know not all stages are created equal, but I mean, the, the South Carolina section is going to be 10 stages and I think, I think it looks like it's going to be a pretty good match. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. So I'm scaling back the major matches a little bit this year. I mean, I think basically I'll be shooting one less than I did last year, which is the, uh, I'll be skipping Ipsic nationals. But going back to the to the theme I was just talking about with simplicity, it's actually nice because really I've got the South Carolina section coming up in March. And then after that, it's it's really the the focus is all just on nationals, just getting as ready as I can be for that big match. Now, I'm not staking the outcome of my season, you know, whether my season was a success or not on on that one match. I'm, I'm not building it up in my mind that way. But that's the guideline. That's the timeline that I'm using to sort of structure everything. And so. If it works out for me to take a month off in April or take a month off in July because it's it's incredibly hot and unpleasant to practice or something like that, fine. I've got until the first weekend in November, and you know that said, I I do have a, a relatively new job and I'm putting in a lot of hours there, which has been really good. It's honestly, it's the I'm happier here than at any job I've ever been in before. It's a it's a more rewarding group of folks to work with. I'm enjoying the work more, and so that certainly is is there's less to escape there than, than in previous jobs, I would say. I'm not, I'm not trying to sort of distract myself from that. And so if I end up, you know, spending a couple more hours at work and not dry firing as much, well, you know, that's, that's life. But that, that would be sort of the first time I'm in, I'm in a position like that, which if it happens, it happens. I'm not committing to that, but I'm, I'm more open to it than I was before, I, I guess I could say. And I definitely, I have made the decision not to, not to do any more classes this year, at least not in the near term. I I don't, I don't see that happening. Nothing's on the schedule just because at the end of the day, it was, it was such a huge commitment of, of just energy and resources to just to to be on the range for 10 hours and then basically be wiped out the whole next day. Or generally speaking, I was running the classes on a Sunday just because of scheduling constraints. And then the, the next Monday I wasn't a very good employee. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna skip on that this year, and again, the focus is just do everything I can to be as ready as I can for nationals when it comes, and I'll do as well as I can, and whether I do better or worse than I did last year, however you can possibly measure that, um, then that'll be feedback on, on how the training went, and I'll, I'll learn some things from it and incorporate that into next season, but that's how I'm looking at 2019. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. I appreciate the four of you that went over to the web shop and picked up a t-shirt in December. I don't have a Patreon, but if you've gotten something out of these podcasts and you want to say thanks, head over to uspsa.ninja or barryshooting.com slash shop, it's the same place, and look at the shirts, consider buying one. My blog is at berryshooting.com and my email is podcast at com. You can follow me on Facebook at BenBerryShooting, or on Instagram at BSBerry. Talk to you next time.